Blue Wire. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the Rebuild Podcast. My name is Meredith Kane, and pinch hitting for Peter Moses this week, we have Charlie Egley. Charlie, what's going on? Oh, you know, just trying to forget a little bit about last night and realize that the Browns did beat the Ravens, and we shouldn't question uh, if this team is the same old Browns, but I feel like listening to radio all day, we're back where we were. I'm so sorry. Uh, Right. (laughs) to listen to radio all day i mean i did too because you know that's what we do for a living right yeah so is that sort of how you're uh you're trying to rationalize what you saw yesterday because quite frankly to me it looked like kind of like this week one all over again where it was just this unprepared team now the biggest difference were there weren't as many penalties or the same type of penalties because the the penalties in week one I'm still upset about them, but we, there wasn't really quite. I don't even remember much honestly. I think I blacked out last night at some point because <laughs> that game was just so terrible. And normally I'll take notes because obviously you know covering football is my job. Talking about football is my job, and you know I want to do our blue wire listeners justice in right. having an intelligent conversation. But I just couldn't I couldn't watch it at, at any point. And unlike other Browns games, I didn't go back and rewatch it today. And it was just one of those things where I I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was a, a panicked Baker. It was a weak offensive line. And it was Baker throwing to and throwing to Antonio Callaway. But I don't I, I understand him wanting to spread the ball around quite a bit, but I don't feel like there was anywhere near as much uh, Nick Chubb as we deserved. And on top of that, I don't know why he's not throwing to OBJ and Jarvis. Like, those are your most talented receivers on the team. Now, granted, watching the game on TV is different than being there in person because you see a lot more. You can see who's open and who's not. Um, You know, you can kind of see what the quarterback sees when you're, you know, eye in the sky. But, you know, when you're watching the game on TV, you have to trust what you see in the camera angles. And so it was hard to sit there and watch him, you know, throw to Antonio Callaway, throw to Ricky Seals Jones and, uh, you know, not hand the ball off as much as he should have. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with a lot of what you just said. <laughs> um, I found myself wanting to work instead of watching the game last night, which is not something that happens very often. But like, I mean, I was out watching the game with a couple of friends and then like I go to school in Berea and, and I drove home last night and I was like, you know, I they didn't recover after, was it Matt Breida scored an 83 yard run on the first play? I can't remember which running back it was, but that was the punch. You know punch. what I think it was? I think I think what it was was uh, Baker got that incredible reception to Ricky Seals Jones on their first drive and it got overturned because that was a third okay. down conversion. Right. The, that was a third down conversion, and it just felt like he never settled in after that because it was the play immediately after that that 
the the Niners marched the ball, you know, 80, 90, whatever, you know, right. marched it 2000 yards down the field, <laughs> you know, like they had they had the ball for a grand total of 45 seconds and scored a touchdown. That was the play immediately after Ricky Seals Jones reception, which was, I think, 36 yards got overturned and they had to punt. So right. I think that that and that's unfortunate because that was the first drive of the game. Exactly. And that was the turning point. Look, and they came out in that first play of that of the first drive and they did the trick play and it kind of, you know, took you back to last year when we were playing Carolina and Atlanta and, you know, they were doing these trick plays and they were working and you're like, OK, you know, Freddie's figured it out. He's going to do three, four step drops. And immediately after, you know, Beckham completes the pass to Landry. You see Baker doing six, seven step drops like we went back with like we were playing Tennessee again. And it just is something where you're like, okay, we figured this out last week. We beat a relatively good defense with a good defensive line like they know they can get home and and get to Baker. And then the next week we completely did the opposite. Yeah, one of the problems is, I think, uh, and this is one of the issues that you have with the quote-unquote second-year quarterback, this is one of the issues, and you see this in other sports as well, um, especially in a sport like hockey, where you have superstars come out and have these incredible rookie years, uh, and all of a sudden their production goes down in the second year, and it's because there's tape on them. And I really think that's what it came down to, and that almost makes me wonder why, or wonder if that's the reason why maybe Nick Chubb wasn't getting the ball quite as much because without Nick Chubb, that, you know, Ravens game doesn't happen last right. week. So I almost wonder if Freddie was afraid to keep the ball on the ground because San Francisco had their bye week and saw what we did to the Ravens. So maybe he's thinking, okay, they're going to expect the run game. They're going to try to shut down Nick Chubb. So let's put the ball in the air a little bit more. And it, I, it's a very disconcerting thing to see how panicked Baker is in the pocket sometimes. And then another thing that, and I've mentioned this on our podcast last week as well, Baker doesn't run as much. Like he was a very mobile quarterback at Oklahoma and you would Mm -hmm. have expected, you know, Todd Haley back last year when it was still Todd Haley as an offensive coordinator to use him as a mobile quarterback because that's one of the things that uh, Haley was really known for. I mean, and that was one of the reasons why I had gotten excited for him because because both Baker and Tyrod are very, very mobile quarterbacks. You know, Tyrod is a running quarterback. Baker was a running quarterback at Oklahoma. And so that's one of the things that I would have expected. But I've noticed... Uh, a few times when Baker has a hole to run, he doesn't. He either throws the ball away or he drops back, drops back, drops back, tries to find an open man, doesn't get an open man, gets sacked. And that's one of the biggest differences between him and Lamar Jackson. Because we saw that in the Ravens game last week. Mm-hmm. When Lamar had that space, he ran. Right. And uh, he, <laughs> you're absolutely right. And last year we did see Baker take off a little bit. And you know, granted, that's when Freddie was the offensive coordinator. But he wasn't scared to you know, run between the tackles, you know, if, if that opened up, but there was no one downfield. And, and now this whole year, instead of seeing him run, f- you know, past the line of scrimmage, he's just running backwards and, and looking for something. And it's one of the more frustrating things to see because, you know, like per the stats, like the offensive line still like a top 15 offensive line, but it doesn't look like it. And he's just holding on to the ball. And it's something that we haven't seen before. And so it's it's just incredibly frustrating to to watch him hold on to it and then get sacked, you know, seven, eight seconds later, just because he didn't get rid of the ball. Yeah, one of the most annoying things, um, aside from uh, a group chat, uh, or a group text chat that I have with the guys from Candlestick Chronicles, 
um, is the stat that Kyle Madsen kept <laughs> sending to me, and that was Baker has like a 0% completion uh, when he holds onto the ball for longer than two and a half seconds or something like right. that. And it's crazy because it's like it's almost like the offensive line isn't giving him enough time, but he's holding onto the ball for a really long time. So I don't know what's going through his head, whether he's looking downfield and doesn't see an open receiver or he's looking downfield. And I don't think this is the case where he would be looking downfield and doesn't see the guy he wants to throw to. Right. Because I feel like Baker is smart enough and he's quick enough to scan the field and, you know, go for the open man. You know, I don't think it's one of those where it's like, okay, well, we designed this play to go to Jarvis. I'm going to wait until Jarvis gets open because he may not get open if these defenses are double teaming both him and Odell. So that's one of the things where it's kind of frustrating to watch because, and especially when you're watching it on TV, and you don't see what downfield looks like. You don't see what Baker is looking at. And that's one of the things yeah. I miss. I, I forget which network did it. But for a while, they had this camera angle that was behind the quarterback. And people hated it. But I loved it. Because you could just look over his shoulder and you could see what he sees. Now, granted, right. it wasn't, you know, there was a lot of things that were a little bit distorted because it's TV. But, you know, when you've got this camera angle tight on the quarterback, what is he seeing? Like, who is open and why is he not throwing to them? So that was one of the things that was very frustrating for me just as a football person to watch last night. And this is one of the reasons why I hate away games, because I hate watching them on TV sometimes, because I'm just like, what are you looking at? Like, what are you not seeing that's causing you to hold on to the ball for as long as you have? Because I guarantee you, Baker knows that he knows what his completion percentage is when he's hanging onto the ball and when he's outside the pocket. There's no way he doesn't. Right. There's Yeah, there's no way that he doesn't. So that's why I'm sitting there thinking, like, what are you waiting for? Because if he's able to hold onto the ball for six or seven seconds, that's telling you that his offensive line is doing something. Right. They may not be doing enough because he's still panicked, but they're doing something that's allowing him to hold onto the ball for that long. Yeah, the the most frustrating thing I think to me is the fact that we all can agree that Odell Beckham is a top five wide receiver now whether you put him in like the top three I I, he's top three to me but everyone can agree he's top five and the fact that we haven't seen those 50-50 balls that Eli made like he's famous for catching the fact that Mm -hmm. we haven't seen those in Cleveland this year is uh, is a little frustrating and you see his sack numbers and the interception numbers from forcing it to you know whether it's Landry or, or last night it was Callaway just like you have a top three wide receiver at your disposal. Just toss it up to him. It, I don't know what, you know, if, if you'd rather have an interception because you're trying to just toss one up to Odell or you'd rather see him scramble around for eight to ten seconds and get sacked. But part of me just wants to see him throw the ball to him now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it almost... <laughs> Odell is so good that you just have to get the ball in the same zip code as him. Right. Although there were a few that were there were a few that were overthrown by Baker last night, and uh, you know it doesn't matter whether Odell is you know five ten or six ten. You know those balls were just way overthrown. But for the most part, you know if, if OBJ runs the right route and Baker throws the you know places the ball where he needs to place mm-hmm. it, Odell's probably gonna gonna pick up on it, and I, it almost feels like. You know, Baker is trying to 
spread the ball too much maybe like he's going mm-hmm. after Demetrius Harris and Ricky Seals Jones and last night Antonio Callaway because that's not what the defense is expecting that's not what the other team has tape on because they've got more than enough tape on Jarvis and they've got more than enough tape on OBJ and I've said this before on the podcast I almost wonder if Baker is afraid to throw to those guys either because they're being double teamed or because he wants to try to confuse the defenses and you know the the trick plays they're cute when they're when they work they're frustrating (laughs) when they don't but it gets to the point where you know you almost want to just shake freddie and say just play football you know you can only do these trick plays so many times it's like that scene in what was it um rookie of the year okay where after the yeah, you know, like after the kid uh, like trips and relocates his shoulder or something and he loses his fastball <laughs> and they manage to get a guy in a pickoff situation when like when someone on first base like has the ball the whole time and then they tag him out or something like that. Like it's a trick play and that's only going to work once. And even though rookie of the year and by the way, uh, one of our pods within the network, uh, Big Screen Sports, did a complete recap uh, of Rookie of the Year and why it's probably one of the worst baseball movies of all time. <laughs> but even in one of the worst baseball movies of all time, they knew that these trick plays were only going to work once. And I somehow feel like maybe Freddie needs to watch this shitty movie from the 90s to realize, you know, you can only give the ball to Odell to throw so many times. Like these trick plays that worked last year were, you know, it was the last half of the season and people weren't expecting it. You know, the the Hugh Jackson firing was expected. I think what was unexpected was it was Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley that got the axe at the same time. Yeah. So then you've got Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens and this whole brand new coaching staff to to run these ridiculous trick plays and no one's expecting them. And, you know, we saw last week. Oh, God, what was it? I forget who Odell threw to, but it slipped out of his hands. And right. I know which one you're talking. Was it Ratley or? Yes, it was Damian Ratley, yeah. and he dropped it. And it was one of those where you looked at it and you like you don't hate it because it didn't work, but you're just disappointed that Ratley couldn't have caught that because it hit him in the hands, and you're so frustrated. And you're like, Freddie, come on! Like these trick plays only work so many times. Like they're fun and they're funny, and if they work, you're gonna get a top ten highlight, and you're gonna be called Coach of the Year. Well, maybe not that far. I'm right. I'm, I'm being a little bit of a drama. I'm being a little bit of a drama queen here, which I'm I, I'm prone to do sometimes. But you know, these trick plays only work so many times, and so I think that's the frustration that I get. I just want to shake Freddie and be like, I get it. You know, the the trick plays are like sprinkles. You know, you you can't have a whole cake of sprinkles. And sprinkles are for winners, Freddie. Sprinkles are for winners. Sprinkles are my favorite. (laughs) I love sprinkles. (laughs) I do, too. The rainbow one's the best. Don't at me. Mm, Fair enough. I'm not going (laughs) to argue with you about sprinkles. Look, last night honestly looked like a master and an apprentice. Like, you give Kyle Shanahan, you give uh, Sean McVay, you give Bill Belichick a bye week to you know and then they go up against a, a what we thought was a premier opponent like they're always prepared and i get that we played a game last week and they did but it just didn't look like freddie had these guys prepared and kyle shanahan like it's like he knew what was going to happen and he's he's had that you know ever since he was in cleveland he's always been one of those great offensive minds and i think last night you know like everyone saw what Kyle Shanahan can really do with his team. Like he had Jimmy Garoppolo and then they went down last year and the team wasn't so, wasn't so hot. Like obviously, cause they ended up with the second overall pick. 
now he's got his quarterback. Now they're a legit team. And at first, everyone's like, you know, are they legit? Because they're playing these weaker opponents. Last night, I think everyone kind of took a step back and were like, damn, you know, the 49ers are here to stay. And, and you know, it's unfortunate that the Browns just couldn't even hang with them. Like, if it was a close game, obviously we wouldn't be like the in game. This- like the game against the Rams where that was lost by a touchdown. Right. right? Like, obviously, yeah. we wouldn't be this disappointed going into, into you know, Tuesday and Wednesday. And now we're looking at the Seahawks game like, OK, is, is, is this we're one scared. really winnable? <laughs> you know, if they lose this one, then you got the Patriots, you know, coming up soon. And and I get that the back half of the schedule is, is one of the easiest now that the, the Steelers don't have Ben Roethlisberger. But you can't hang your hat on the fact that you're going to play seven weaker opponents if you can't beat teams that are over 500 and beat teams that you should hang with. And you can't even hang with them, to be honest. Yeah, there's a very real possibility that this team is going to go into the bye week uh, two and four. And <sighs> that's not... Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. That's not, not great. It's not uh, your or was fault. It? <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, and you hit the nail on the head, man. The 49ers are so much better than anyone has get, been giving them credit right. for. Uh, I think everyone's looking last year at a um you know at a four and 12 team Mm -hmm. saying the 49ers suck but again and you brought it up and i had to like shout it from the rooftops all day today jimmy garoppolo was hurt for the majority of the season last year and that's why right the niners were were four and 12 like they probably would have been a playoff team had garoppolo been healthy the entire year. So I think that people are underestimating them. I think people underestimate uh, Kyle Shanahan. And I said last week when I was on Candlestick Chronicles with Chris Biederman that it's going to come down to coaching because I really believe that, you know, Kyle Shanahan and we saw last night, he's the better coach than Freddie Kitchens is. Right. And so I, I thought it was going to come down to coaching. But quite frankly, it came down to literally everything. And the Browns just had <laughs> nothing. You know, if it wasn't for, you know, my boy Austin Seibert, like, Ooh, boy. oh, my God, like, I- I'm so- that's like one of those things. And I've said this. I've said it on Twitter. I've said it on here. I've said it everywhere in that. How happy are we that we don't have to have a kicker conversation? Because that's just one of those things where you have to nitpick and you have to worry because that's what we looked at last year. Every right. time Greg Joseph, you know, came up to the tee, we're all biting our nails. Right. And this year we don't have to worry about it. But it's like, OK, we don't have to worry about the kicker. But now we have to worry about literally everything else. Well, that's the thing. When do we stop worrying about the kicker? Like I'm past the the point of worrying about whether Austin Seibert's going to make something or not because he missed what the first extra point he took and then ever since then he's been perfect but you know like you said last week we were no matter what we were always skeptical when Greg Joseph trotted on the field are our fans still at that point cuz i'm not i no. was you know but no like honestly at this point i don't even think anyone remembers the kicker's name <laughs> because that's fair. they're just that's you fair. know like everyone knows uh scottish hammer because of his story <laughs> and how prolific he's been and you know he's been he's got absolutely a badass incredible. nickname yeah, and I'm a little disappointed the Scottish accent's got it's gone away a little bit. You can tell he's been in America yeah. for a while when he oh, talks, yeah. but you know, it's there a little bit. But yeah, it's just yeah, we I I don't even know why I brought up the kicker. Maybe because I wanted to think of something positive, but you know, that's <laughs> tell me something like, good honestly, Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, right? That was literally the uh the silver lining from from the game is that, you know, in in a pressure situation, Austin Seibert made the kick again. Now, I was hoping that they would have gone for it because I think they were close to the red zone at mm-hmm. that point. They were at like the 35 or the 30 or something. So they weren't far off. And it wasn't like it was a third and long situation. Right. 
But I was like, man, they should like last year. I'm saying go for it because I don't want to trot Greg Joseph out on the field. This year I'm saying go for it because I just want to see a goddamn touchdown. Yeah, that's fair. I, I was listening to, oh, I don't even remember which 49ers podcast it was. I think I was listening to Jake and KJ preview the game. And, and you know, KJ's talking about how great the 49ers defense is once you get to the red zone. And we saw that firsthand last night, like. All, every time the Browns got closer than the 30-yard line, everything just stalled out. You saw the Browns go, to, you know, to what, down to like the 7-yard line, and they had to kick a field goal. Then they got intercepted. And not that that's like Baker's fault, because obviously it tipped off of Callaway. And, yeah, and how that, about- it's like the one that you don't you don't really blame him for that one. There's a few that you don't blame Baker for, because right. his passes were on the money, and it's on the it's either on the receiver for not making the catch or it was just the defense being the defense and being able to knock the ball out of its path right and and what about all of these fans i don't know who you know who you're following on twitter i saw so many cut antonio callaway tweets last night that i literally was going insane because they gave him a half of a game off of a four game suspension and they're already ready to cut the guy just for a couple of mistakes now look uh, I, think I get I, it those I think mistakes I think, I, that, I think i had that in a uh i had a few group texts going last night i think i had them in one of the group texts i forget which one because like i said oh boy I bla- like i blacked out it's like one of those where you like um, maybe this is just me where you drink too much and then you start texting an ex and then you have to like go back and look at it the next day that's like what i was with like the group the group chats that i had about that game last night i had to go back and like oh god what did i say while i was blacked out I and, and like although i was stone cold sober did not have uh, a drop of alcohol last night because i usually <laughs> i even though i wasn't uh technically at work uh during the game i still like if when i'm in like a work situation aka watching football right. i don't typically drink but i think i was just like blacked out from like disappointment and anger <laughs> so that's, i had to go back fair, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure i had a uh, cutty antonio callaway text at some point last night i don't remember to <laughs> whom. oh golly but that one that one came, oh, that one boy. came out of my mouth yeah so it yeah it, it's just one of those where you're just you know you're, you're grasping at straws and you're looking at things and it's just the everything that worked in the ravens game is what didn't work against the 49ers and then another thing is that you can't count on the ravens being another loss in the second half of the season like i think right. that everyone is kind of looking at all of the afc north opponents and thinking that every th- single one of them is going to be a win um right i i think this team is probably going to split with the ravens because lamar Absolutely. jackson was pissed and embarrassed right. after that game last week and he's not going to let it happen again and you know i don't I don't really have a lot of fear of Mason Rudolph, but I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for. I think he's just, you know, young and inexperienced and a little, um, you know, a little shaken. And, you know, he just has to find his rhythm. And then that's, that's when fair. you're going to, you know, he's going to take off. So, I mean, you know, I I'm, got- that's why this the schedule kind of I mean, the Steelers, we might be able to look at those games, you know, as two more wins. Um, the Bengals will hopefully be two more wins, but I I don't think that the second game against the Ravens is going to be an automatic win. Like, no, they have the they they obviously have the ability to beat the Ravens, but I mean that that was not a pretty game for for the uh, purple and black last week. So I don't right. think they're going to let that happen again. I do want to move on to some of the side stories that happened during the game, uh, and we can get your opinion, talk about them a little bit. Absolutely, sounds like a plan. But uh, before we get to those stories, we do have a couple of ad reads. 
First off, we'll start off with Axios. Axios is a free newsletter that everyone should subscribe to because look, following a team you love in 2019 can be time consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in the sports is almost impossible. I mean, you got MLB playoffs, you've got the NBA preseason, you've got the Browns getting blown out on Monday Night Football. And then, you know, scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. Uh, That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports. It's the best free daily news newsletter in the land. Axio Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA, uh, the NFL, to cricket, ping pong, everything in between. It really is all-encompassing and definitely some of the best sports coverage you will see on a day-to-day basis. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up, and the best part is it's free. That's sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies you'll go into the office with a little bit more knowledge than whoever else you're talking to that day and you'll look a little smarter just by checking out sports.axios.com join the hundred thousand sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins and best of all there's no paywall there's no subscription fee nothing there's nothing up the sleeves it's free curated sports content delivered directly to you sign up at sports.axios.com again try it you can't beat their low low price of free 99 at sports axios.com and i'm going to tell you a little bit about harry's razors uh, a few of us on the show use harry's razors and if you visit their website you can check out all different shave sets and face care products now i know that this is a product that is geared towards men uh, but ladies let me give you a little pro tip if you are not using men's razors i can tell you that you are missing out uh, i can definitively say from personal experience that they are going to be a million times better than any of the cutesy little pink things that you can get in the store that have flowers and daisies on them uh, join the 10 million who have tried harry's you can claim your special offer by going to harrys.com backslash blue wire that's harrys.com slash blue wire Uh, Harry's founders were two regular guys who were tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Uh, Guys, I feel ya. Razors are way too expensive. Uh, Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 a blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. This summer, you can refresh your wallet and your face, or ladies, legs, or whatever else you might be shaving, with a Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip. Five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of The Rebuild and any other Blue Wire podcast can redeem the trial set at harrys.com backslash blue wire. Make sure you go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you and Peter sent you to help support the show. So the first one was uh, Nick Bosa and his uh, imitation of Baker planting the flag. Now, Baker kind of took it in stride after the game. And uh, Nick Bosa was still chirping about it in the locker room later where he was like, oh, I was trash talking him the whole time. And, you know, he was uh, you can tell he's been thinking about that for a really long time because that was planned because I I don't know if someone has done it yet maybe they should where they have like a side-by-side of the Oklahoma Ohio State game oh it's celebration and then 
a uh, a Nick Bosa last night celebration. It was almost identical. Yeah, I think uh, Chris Biederman and Kyle Madsen shared that at the same exact time last night. Uh, it, it's fuckers. out there. I hate them. I love those guys to death, but god damn it, those fuckers. <laughs> hate them. No, I'm just kidding. But no. So and- how, how do you how do you feel about that uh, that Nick Bosa celebration right there? I mean, we're both based in Cleveland. I don't know. You're not from Cleveland. I know you're a huge VTech fan. I, I've been here my whole life, so it's it's Buckeyes or nothing else. But to hold on to that for um, almost... That's some disrespect to uh, the University of Cincinnati and Ohio University. Oh, come on. Does, does Kent State have a football team? They have a Kent football State team, has right? in a... Well, let's see. They got nationally ranked in a 2013, and ever since then, I think they have maybe like 12 wins. So, Kent State and Akron hey, barely think, have football teams. <laughs> I think as of today, the AP polls have the University of Cincinnati at 25. So, put some respect on some of these all right, Ohio okay, schools. Okay, look. All right, all right, <laughs> fine. Ohio college <laughs> football is, is great. Hear me out, though. But, yes, yeah, no, uh, Ohio State here is like... Alabama right. in Alabama. You know, it's, you know, people who love col- people in Ohio don't really love college football. They just love Ohio State football. Right. Right. There's a big difference. They don't love college sports in general. They love Ohio State football. <laughs> yes. Yes. That because is correct. ever since like Aaron Kraft left Ohio State, no one has heard a chirp from the basketball team. But that's that's yeah. neither here nor there. Back to Nick Bosa. I love the guy. Buckeye, you know, he's he. I was disappointed when he left Ohio State. I totally understood it, though. You know, another injury like that, he doesn't play in the NFL and and doesn't get the money he rightfully deserves. But to hold on to something for that long, he didn't just do it. Maybe if they win, once they win and he does it because he did it with an actual flag after the game, that's fine. But to do it like three times and to, to talk about it after the game, like how upset are you really that Baker beat you in college, that you're going to mock him i guess like three times and then talk about it after the game like like once is i don't know maybe i'm just salty because the browns lost but i don't know i've never seen a single person man woman or otherwise hold a grudge (laughs) the way nick bosa has held that grudge he held the grudge like the tightest you could hold it like did he pl- obviously he planned it but was he going to bed on 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 Sunday night like oh I can't wait to sack Baker like dreaming of the flag planting I guarantee oh probably <sighs> like, like cuz that's just... the thing is that like when you feel like someone has wronged you like you definitely have these revenge scenarios like right. in your mind and if it's something that if it's a grudge against someone <laughs> You know, that you want to get payback for and you have the opportunity. I guarantee you the minute the schedule came out for this year and you had the Browns playing the 49ers, Nick Bosa gets drafted to the Niners. I guarantee you he was looking at that. He, he was, circled he that had, game immediately. He, oh, absolutely. Red Sharpie I guarantee on you, the it calendar. Wasn't, yeah, it was uh, like that scene in, what was it, uh, Bill, was it Billy Madison? Yeah, it was like that scene in Billy Madison where he's got like his hit list. And I know Baker has hit list, his hit list too. Uh, yes. But this has been this has been something that Nick Boza has been dreaming of since the day it happened. Like he was like, I don't know how. I don't know when. Honestly, that might be why he left Ohio State. He's looking at it and saying, okay, I need to take care of my body right. because I want to be in the NFL because you have, I mean, cause I guarantee you plenty of football players uh, it, at the college level are looking at the talent level above them and talent level below them and saying, I may or may not get drafted. I don't know if I have a shot at the NFL. So let me build up 
something else. But then you have the people like Nick Bosa and you have the people like Baker Mayfield who are the top talents and saying, I'm going right. to get drafted in the NFL. I guarantee you, Nick, that's why Nick Bosa left Ohio State. He's probably saying, I need to exact my revenge on Baker Mayfield, and I'm not going to have that opportunity unless I'm in the NFL. I guarantee you, if he hadn't gotten drafted to the Niners, if he had gotten drafted to someone else, say, I don't know, you know, say the Saints, and the the Browns won't play the Saints for another five years. I don't know the next time they're scheduled to play that out-of-conference game. Right. But I guarantee you, it would be like five years down the road, ten years down the road, however long it took I guarantee you Nick Bosa would have done that flag celebration. You know he would have. And that's like the thing that, you know, really, it didn't bother me because I can't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, uh, how do I want to say this without really being butthurt and this and that? It's okay. You're butthurt. It's fine. I am butthurt because, like, the multitude of coming to Columbus and beating the Buckeyes at Ohio Stadium in an upset fashion and then, you Virginia know, Virginia Tech did that once as well. What was it? Right. 2014? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, we didn't know. play at the flag, but it was still fun. <laughs> I liked that game. There's been I was couple... covering college sports at the time. I loved my show the next day. Oh, man. <laughs> but like teams have gotten statement wins against the Buckeyes the past few years. But to get a sack, you know, you're on one of the best defensive lines we've seen in, in the past couple of years. You know, Baker's been one of the more sacked quarterbacks in the NFL this year, if not the most, just because he's holding on to the ball. But, like, it's not on the same level, and I hated seeing it the first time. That's why I said, you know, like, once you beat him, you want to grab the, the the 49ers flag and actually plan it, then, then so be it. But Bosa was also on the team who got a statement win in Oklahoma and then sang the fight song in front of the Oklahoma fans or whatever, like, right in front of the student section, which was the reason why Baker planted the flag. Like, there's been a little bit of a turf war between these two guys, and I think Bosa, like, thinks he won the war now because he got a sack on him and planted the flag twice. But in reality, like, he got a sack. Congratulations. And your team won. But, like, I mean, this win I, I wasn't the same as Oklahoma coming to Columbus. Uh, I think we have a new hashtag 100 years war. I think you landed on it. It's uh, it's it's Baker and Bosa. Baker and but- Bosa. Well, the we'll move on to <laughs> yeah, there. There it is, Baker and Bosa. Um, I don't know if I would buy that T-shirt. But... No, I probably wouldn't either. But you could put them on like the the Rock'em Sock'em robots or whatever. There they you were go. Called. Well, then may- maybe we'll start selling Blue Wire branded Rock'em Sock'em robots. Which yes. Actually, I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, one other Baker story that came out of last night was Richard Sherman saying that he didn't shake his hand oh my before God. the game. Are we starting now, on this? this is, is this a story? It, it is a little bit, but like the annoying part to me, and we don't have to spend very long on it, uh, but the annoying part to me is that on the 49ers uh, official Instagram page, on their story, they showed the pregame handshake and, and Baker didn't, it didn't look like he did any kind of snub. And then I just, I haven't seen much of the news that has come out. I've ki- I kind of went a little bit social media slash internet dark for about the last, hi puppy, uh, for about the last uh, 90 minutes or so, just because I, I couldn't handle uh, dealing with it um, and just dealing with Twitter and, and dealing with social media. It's been a rough day. 
Right. But uh, in in watching the the video, I didn't really see anything. And I think Richard Sherman was accusing people of making a story out of it. And it was like, wasn't he the one who came out and said something about it in the first place? And then we reviewed the tape and saw that it was not not right. Yeah, that's the thing that I don't understand. Like, is 49ers.com going to come out with a story like the Ravens did? Like, <laughs> like know. you know, the video actually oh shows that Baker missed his hand by about two millimeters. There was no contact. Uh, the handshake is null and void. Like, if anything, like the videos I saw, Richard Sherman didn't look at Baker. He just, you know, gave him a high five. And everyone else on the Browns got, like, the bro hug and, like, talked to him. And then you see Baker kind of just, like, look over at him. Like, what did I do? And I get it. Like, Baker's a trash talker and, and Richard Sherman is, is kind of on the same level. He's, you know, like, the bet on myself mentality. And you're just like, what do you, what do you mean he didn't shake your hand? There are 800 videos circulating that he shook your hand and and it's going to be interesting to see him respond to it because i know he tweeted today like you said about like oh you guys are just making this a story like no you said something last night that you felt snubbed that he didn't shake your hand and he shook your hand so now like now it's the media's fault yeah next thing you know we're gonna have a uh, rex chapman involvement we're gonna have a blocker charge video come out of this (laughs) oh boy those are some of the best videos on twitter though i will say that um i can't i can't watch them um just because there's been i I don't know there's been a few i don't really like watching videos of uh people getting hurt i am squeamish you know i'm sure my parents would have loved for me to be like a doctor or something because then i would actually have a livable paycheck (laughs) i just like i can't do blood i can't do grossness like i just can't do it so some of the videos are funny some of them make me cringe and like not cringe in a fun way but like oh my god i can't believe what i just watched kind of thing but no i get that yeah oh my god but yeah i just that that's one of the things that i just found kind of annoying because it it seems like People are trying to build this narrative around Baker that he is a disrespectful person or that he, he you know, he doesn't respect the game or he thinks he's too big for his britches. <laughs> and it's really it's really annoying. Now, I granted, Baker has said and done a few things that are a little you know bigger than he should have. I mean, he's got endorsement deals out the wazoo, which Honestly, I don't I don't really hate him for it. Like, go and make your money, Baker. Like, if Progressive wants to pay you, get paid. I don't care. But I feel like there could possibly be maybe some jealousy from other guys in the league who don't have that kind of payday, not only from, you know, being a, a superstar quarterback, but also, you know, he has all that money on the side from his, you know, car deals, insurance deals, you know, whatever deals he's having on the side. Like, usually guys at his stage uh don't have that kind of deals come out so i almost wonder if that's part of it but it's really annoying to you know to see richard sherman come out saying that you know baker's disrespectful and baker snubbed him when the tape showed that he clearly didn't so it's like and it's almost like the way that obj was painted in new york and saying that he was a bad teammate or you know he was a I don't want to use the word cancer because it's just it that's a very loaded word but that he was bad for the locker room and anything like that and he's come to Cleveland and we've seen that's not the case. So that's why like that's why I get so annoyed about it and probably why I needed to sound off a little bit on it where it's just like Baker is a good teammate like Baker gets paid get over it. Like he's right. not going to purposely disrespect you like I think Baker is trying to mature but I'm 100%, I I hope yeah. that 
Yeah, I hope that he gets past the point where he needs to have a chip on his shoulder. Like, I, I just want him to just go out and play and not have to, quote unquote, prove anybody wrong. Yeah, and that's another thing that I've seen every time Baker throws an incompletion or an interception. I've seen about six tweets of every every time it happens that, oh, thank God Hulu has live sports. Or thank God, you know, the, the Cleveland Brown Stadium is his home for progressive. And it's like... Guys, come on. Like, what do you how much time do you really think he took to shoot those commercials? Like the editing process takes way more time than the filming process. He probably spent a full day doing those shoots in the middle of, I don't know, March, April, like time where he couldn't even practice with his teammates. And then the editing process and whatnot. And then they, you know what I mean? Like he didn't film those last week and then they immediately release them. Yeah, That's exactly. not how commercials work. <laughs> are you sure? Are you oh, are you pulling back the curtain a little bit too much, Charlie? Oh, I don't know. you know how. <laughs> but yeah, like I don't care. Like ba- like I wouldn't care if Baker had one deal or one, 100 right. endorsement deals. Like it, Like that type of thing isn't distracting him. But I almost no. wonder if. You know, other players around the league are looking at that and getting annoyed by it because, you know, I I hate to say it, but Baker really hasn't done much yet. You know, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't started a full season. He, you know, he, I don't know. I, 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 I hate that I have to say it, but I mean, he really hasn't. Like he's still in a prove it phase. And so I think maybe that's where a lot of the frustration comes from is that, People feel like he hasn't proved anything and all of a sudden it's, you know, he's painted as this savior of Cleveland and he's getting all of these endorsement deals. So I really feel like it's almost like when uh, Bryce Harper first got into Major League Baseball. Oh, God, what was it like 2010 or something like that? 2000. Yeah, somewhere around there. And and, you know, he was young and he was cocky and he was he's good. Like, he's you know, he himself is a prolific player. But I remember. Oh, God, what's his face? Cole Hamels. You know, anytime he came up to the plate would bean him and afterwards said that he did it on purpose. <laughs> you know, he's like, I beaned him because um, he needs to learn his place. And it's like, no, the, you know, you're not going to put Bryce Harper in his place by beaning him. You're going to put him in his place by striking him the fuck out. Right. So, by beating him. Like, yeah. that's exactly. So that's kind of what I what I'm seeing a lot of similarities to is, you know, people see Baker as this, you know, young cocky quarterback who hasn't really proven anything yet. So they quote unquote, want to put him in his place. But it's like, you put him in his place by beating him, which is right. what the 49ers did. Oh, and that's yeah, really, did. you know, so the fact that Richard Sherman came out afterwards to say that Baker snubbed him, it's like, what are you doing? Like, why? Right. Like, it. does he owe you something? Like, I get that you're the what like three-time all-pro cornerback but does does anyone really owe you the handshake like i mean respecting the game i mean i is, is i get one it thing. like I, right. I i know i mean I, I i get it like if if it's something that everybody does and then suddenly baker is the one person who doesn't do it i would get it but that's not the case baker did it it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like baker he clearly did it yeah so you know enjoy your win 49ers and uh I know last week all Freddie said was on to San Francisco so I guess this week we just have to say on to Seattle and I think that's where we're gonna have to uh end this episode of the rebuild but I'm very excited that we were able to have you on Charlie because as the artwork shows there are four Cleveland ties in this podcast right now uh while Jordan Zerm is on sabbatical it's uh myself (laughs) Peter Moses you and unfortunately 
just kidding, Kevin. Love you. It's Kevin Jones. So it was nice to finally get your uh, voice on the air and voice on a podcast. Uh, and that'll do it for us this week. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MK on sports. Where can we find you, Charlie? Um, you know, you can follow me if you want. It's at CLE sport fan five, four. Um, I, I mainly tweet nothing. I just really I'm on there for for the viewing pleasure and yelling you at go. people. You're, you're <laughs> a yelling, lurker. You're right. a lurker. It's okay. And then I yell at my friends when they say, oh, thank God Baker shot a commercial last Friday night right before his game on Sunday. And it's like, no, okay, but whatever. <laughs> well, tell your friends to sit all the way down. So uh, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get. Get your podcasts, whether it's uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google. I don't know. There's so many places to get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to us. And then we have a plethora of sports podcasts within the Blue Wire Network. So check us all out. And uh, on to Seattle. Oh, God, help us. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.